I'm Denise. Hi, I'm Bruna. And you're listening to episode four of Tending the Flame. Uh, So this week we're going to cover everything that we can about the goddess Bridget, um, her backgrounds, how she integrates into our sort of local mythology and culture and history and our own spirituality and actually how we this whole podcast gained its name from a from her so it all kind of birthed from her in a really in a really lovely beautiful beautiful dreamlike way really didn't it oh god yeah definitely um and both of us as well have such a strong like connection or like with or love of Bridget as well because I remember that was one of the first things that we had talked about when we yeah. first met I think you were reading one of her books uh-huh. um and you're telling us about it and then I was telling everyone or not everyone uh yourself and Katie about like why I loved her and different things like that so um it's really it's really exciting and especially where the namesake comes from as well mm-hmm. um of the podcast a lot of people would just probably wouldn't even know where it comes from but it's got yeah it's roots in the goddess Bridget and such like that so mm-hmm. um yeah we'll be covering loads of different parts today because we both have very like though we both love her we both have very different maybe reasons as to why we're interested in her or like mm-hmm. her mythology or how we come to know her now so mm-hmm. um I'm just going to put it, not a warning, but this isn't going to be like, uh, I hope it doesn't come across as me being very negative on Christianity. I'm just going to be talking about how we've come to know Bridget the Saint from the pagan culture. And mm-hmm. if it does sound like I'm talking in a negative tone about Christianity, I don't mean to. Um, it's just I'm having a very uh, strong feminist week after reading uh, <laughs> a new book. <laughs> on feminism and I'm just going to be probably filtering or projecting some of that onto <laughs> onto the goddess and to the saint so if that doesn't make sense now in about yeah. 10 minutes time you'll be like right okay <laughs> though Fair before enough. you I totally get that though before you start I think as as a fellow religious history student I think a lot of the anger we feel around that period of our history is very justified so I'm just gonna leave that there um mm. <laughs> I think if you are angry <laughs> or anyone else is feeling angry I, I actually really understand that and I think it's okay to be angry but I think you're also right to place it in a context of you know it's not at Christianity as a whole or directly but unfortunately Christianity tended to really absorb um a lot of local it was kind of part of their it was part of their their whole remit really wasn't it it's like they're inter- the, how they integrated into um different cultures and societies and how they gained their foothold in a lot of these places was to integrate local culture and um spirituality into their their practice and then be like here look we've got mm-hmm. that too so um you don't need to worship that person anymore so okay <laughs> yeah exactly exactly um and as well before we get into it just you just saying that there now is like the perfect time to talk about this quote that I found because I was going to talk about it a wee bit later but um one of the books I've got like three books on the go at the minute but one of them is the satanic bible because I'd bought Mm -hmm. it a year ago and I just never really I don't know I just wasn't drawn to it since I bought it and then I've started annotating it and um one of the quotes from it is um this is just like in the middle of a conversation or like a discourse but it says the pagans reveled in the delights of the flesh and were condemned by the very same people who celebrate their rituals but call them by different names Mm -hmm. so that's extremely like resonant with the change from in bulk which is the goddess bridget's feast day to as we know it now saint bridget's day um not that either festivals were essentially about you know reveling in the flesh and things like this like the satanic bible quote here is probably just um extreme versions or like with relating to like gluttony and things like that but I just was reading that and I was like that is just the nail on the head there essentially of just about reframing things for a certain type of agenda um so yeah mm-hmm. cool yeah <laughs> um so before I let you go into your 
um you're you because you have a much more you have a much better grasp on this I think than what I do in terms of the history um Bridget for anyone who I'd say I want to assume that if you're listening to this podcast then you're gonna know who Bridget is and if you don't Mm. you should be ashamed of yourself but (laughs) so I'm going to give you a bit of a breakdown just a very very quick breakdown so Bridget um you've got Bridget um Bride Bridge all those different variations of the name um, even the land, the Britain is is that word is derived from Bridget. She is, she has such a powerful hold on the British Isles and the the island of of Ireland. She is so, she has. There have been Celtic gods and goddesses that have come and gone and fallen into myth and legend, and did not survive that Christian period um, of integration. And she was so such a persuasive image um she was very hard to get rid of and i love that about her she was just so persistent um within the culture and the society um and a lot of people don't realize actually what a strong place she has even in modern society and um so uh wikipedia just to make this just just so we can summarize her very quickly Wikipedia is amazing for this. So she is a goddess of pre-Christian yeah. Ireland. She appears in Irish mythology as a member of the Tuatha de Danann. Please don't slaughter me for my pronunciation of that. The daughter of the Dagda mm-hmm. and the wife of Bray, with whom she had a son named um, Rudin. Um, she is associated with the spring season, fertility, healing, poetry and smithcraft. Um, so she has really strong links with the elements of uh, fire and water. And you often find that you'll get her Bridget's crosses. You know, you'll make them in around in bulk, um, which we might talk a bit more about later in the podcast in February. So you tend to make them out of rushes um, and you put them above doorways or basically places um, in between places. So she, in Scotland, she's renowned for her connection with childbirth that kind of that period of between life and death or from one stage to the next that's why you'll often find people putting their crosses on doorways and places like that you know places of transition change life and death birth that kind of thing and but hopefully that kind of gives her a bit of a an overview but I know you have a much better grasp of the transit that transition and absorption into Christianity really um so I'm gonna let you do your thing because I love hearing you talk about this <laughs> <laughs> there actually is a point where I'll go off about please do I'm just like lying on my bed here and I'm talking about this and I've got a massive Bridges cross that I keep at my window same. by my like triple moon goddess same 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 <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just like loving that. But um, but yeah, you'd already mentioned about the Tooth of Dananan, and they were a magical race of like people in Ireland, like mythological race that were extremely spiritual and religious. And then Tooth of Dananan actually translates into tribes of the gods. Um, so the part, so the fact that she's like even part of that like with like in terms of genealogy just shows how powerful she is as a goddess and then we'll explain why Christianity kind of had the mold in Ireland to accept her in because she was such a huge part um, of the culture already um, and she's the daughter of the Celtic god Dagda and his main kind of like depiction throughout history was like a king druid and like a father figure so he is her father, and then the name Bridget means the exalted one. And like whenever I was reading that, I was like, "Fuck, that's an unreal name." And then this is just me clutching at straws here, and I'm not trying to make a link. But then just what came into my head then was like the exalted one, um, and chosen one is also like another like definition of the Messiah. So it's just like different type of cultures will relate strongly to like a more different type of like person or depiction or goddess so I just thought that was really interesting as mm-hmm. well um and then you'd mentioned her son Ruiden which is I'm putting it out here now into the podcast because I have it in my head already I'm not having Wayne's but for some reason I have a list of child names saved on my phone 
<laughs> and Raiden is one of them. <laughs> of course it is. And I'd actually, I know, I actually had a cat that I named Rhea. Rhea actually means um like red hair mm-hmm. in Irish. Um, but all that kind of links in as well. It's quite funny because Bridget was considered the goddess of like fire and the flame as well. And like in any depictions or like art that you have of her, um, her hair's ginger, it's mm-hmm. red and there's like flames coming out of it because um she was also like she was also referred to as the flame of Ireland because her birth was said to have taken place at sunrise and it almost looked like the sky was on fire. So just that type of like flame mentality and imagery relating to her hair and her spirit and things like that. Um so let me see. Where do we go from here? She was class and everyone in Ireland like considered her a goddess and someone to and someone to be revered. And so the way that her relation then to the flame comes in in a more physical sense is that there was a eternal flame that was burning in Kildare, which is where it still is, is it the not? most revered it is now, yeah, but it was blown out firstly. So it was tended by 19 virgins is what it said right nice but virgins <laughs> the terminology is not the same as we know it now the way that we've ruined yeah. it the, the term virgin actually stems from like a woman independent mm-hmm. like a woman without a man like an independent yeah. woman um which i think we should go back to but um <laughs> that the 19 virgins back in pagan times would have been priestesses now they're not yes so it was tended by them and in, I think it was the 13th century is whenever the flame was first extinguished, which is blown out. Um, obviously to try and like take away the reverence and the power mm-hmm. from it. And I think, I can't really remember what happened then. Henry VIII is involved somehow. I'm not going to go into that too much, but it was relit and then extinguished again in the 18th century, like fully. And then in the 90s, I was reading something earlier that said it was 1996 where it was relit, but then another source was saying 93. Mm-hmm. So we'll just say like in the 90s that it was relit by a Bridget nun and the intention is to keep it burning. So like tending to that flame, tending to the intention, the power mm-hmm. and the fire. And I'll go into a bit about her wells and like we'll talk about her feast and stuff in a minute. But I suppose talk about the flame then we'll explain the name that yes. we chose for the podcast um so whenever we were trying to think of a name like I mind we were one of the first you said about it in dreams you were saying right I'm putting out the attention now that um we'll have a dream tonight and like the name will come just whatever and it's funny because Bridget one of the things that she's renowned for as well is prophetic mm-hmm. dreams um the goddess of prophetic dreams and so there's a wee bit of back and forth with us being like oh what will we call it what will we call it and different things like that and one day I, I think I was working in the cafe and then you had a nap I know I was just after I had a nap yeah because I was after a bit of guidance that week so I went from the work the job in the cafe to uh tarot reading with um Richard Martin so he's based in Belfast he's a shamanic practitioner and he reads tarot as well so I went to him for a reading didn't even tell him anything about the podcast and he was saying he's like you know you're gonna there's a lot more focus coming through for you now for like Celtic spirituality and connection with all these different, I know all these different like elements of like your heritage and stuff. And I was like, in my head, I was like, Richard knows I love Bridget. So he's just saying that. But without me saying that, he's like, oh, like it's other Celtic energies. And I'm thinking he's like, not just Bridget and stuff, obviously. And I was like, right, fuck, that's bad. Came home, was a wee bit zooted, um, was just kind of journaling about it. And I was like, I'm actually wrecked. Fell asleep, woke up then and I was like, Tending the flame would be a great name yeah. for the podcast. So I like messaged Denise and was like, I had a dream. And of course, then we were like, Oh my god, this is class. Dreams are telling yeah. us things, so it has to be the name. Because it. um, <laughs> tending the flame is like the actual physical manifestation of that phrase is like is like the nuns in Kildare. Is like um yeah, it's about maintaining the flame. It's what the flame represents, really, isn't it? And it tend you tend to yeah. you, you often do meditations you tend to use flames as like um to scry some people use flames to scry to to get intuitive sense you stare into a flame 
to get intuitive knowledge where basically it's about bypassing the conscious mind it's a bit like a different type of meditation but also it's about when I talk about I think one of the things I really felt whenever that that name came through was about it's about tending the because what we really wanted to do and what we want to do with this podcast and I've mentioned it before is about really strengthening our connections with our ancestral roots in terms of our spirituality and our Mm. ancestors our background our land you know this is really important for us um because I know we've had these conversations and it's about tending the the inner flame as well as the the larger community flame um recognizing that 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 sense of self if you want to view it as a flame that inner flame that inner fire of creativity and birthing and healing um I just love the whole imagery of it and um because it can be so personal that idea of to tend your own flame you can look at it communally and then you look at what we're doing here with the podcast as well what what we hope to do and I just love as soon as you said it Mm -hmm. I remember I was just being like yes that is the one and then the and then you did up all the way (laughs) the little like the little icons and posters fairly quickly after that you did such a good job of that but um yeah yeah that, that's what I love about the name um is one of the things that I often bitch about in terms of the transition between paganism to Christianity and the integration um I tend to look at it as almost robbing Bridget from paganism but yeah I, I almost have to be grateful for how persistent her image is because we wouldn't have her today if she wasn't so powerful. Um, so I'm glad that she, even if she has arrived along the 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 tracks of Christianity, I'm grateful that she's here and in the in whatever form she's arrived in. Um, so she's accessible to us. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that really annoyed me. So in early Christianity, I read about how because obviously you a lot some people that'll be listening to this will know that that Bridget will will have dominion or she has she has places of sacred places like wells um springs mm-hmm. waterfalls um oftentimes there'll be a tree next to a well um so it's that and especially mm-hmm. obviously we've talked about how how important trees are to and they were to the druids and how important they are to our land to our history to our spiritual history our ancestral history trees have such a huge um are such a huge figure in our past um and we have to acknowledge that you know but what christianity did yeah. initially in the first couple hundred years they're like yeah bridget's grand sure bridget sure we have bridget sure we've got her here she's grand mm-hmm. she's sure we've got her you don't need to do it over there you can come over here so they tolerated kind of you know going to the fairy trees and leaving offerings to bridget and asking for healing asking for support and uh, going to the wells mm-hmm. and taking a bit of water with you to bless or to drink you know and, and imbuing that kind of really believing that that water is imbued with her energy um and what they yeah. did is they built their churches around the wells and the trees fuckers, mm-hmm. <laughs> fuckers. Of course. they built their wells <laughs> and they built the the churches around the, the wells and the trees and they were like oh you can't come in here unless you're going to go to mass and they built the yeah. churches over the wells so that they would they lay they lay claim they laid claim to the sacred site you know and it became inaccessible yeah. except through a priest or a very small pinhole you know of accessibility and mm-hmm. um that made when i read that first for the first time it made me really angry um which i think is understandable um but again i come back to the fact that I am so proud of how persistent, especially as a woman, because they have to, mm-hmm. um, some, now there's two different, there's a couple of different sort of perspectives on this, but from what I know of the Saint Bridget, so this is where she comes in. So Saint Bridget was mm-hmm. an actual person. And my belief is mm-hmm. that she was um, a physical manifestation of the, the goddess Bridget energy. She was an avatar for the goddess Bridget um so she did that would would be my belief about that so I believe for example there are there there's ascended masters again they can cover this at some other point ascended masters you've got like um you've got Jesus you've got Buddha you've got um a let me see you've got 
Krishna, these are all gods, goddesses there, and they all have their own avatars that appear as real people, you know, and this is where it gets a bit convoluted. And that's my belief that Saint Bridget was an avatar of the goddess Bridget, but she was they used this this individual to um to absorb the goddess nature and compact her and box her into this saint image um where she was a really persistent powerful character but she was boxed in christianity so she was there and present but but albeit limited um mm-hmm. yeah i know that's um i know that it, this isn't exactly um focused on the episode but it's just something to notice as well that's just the difference between incarnation and mm-hmm. avatar because a lot of people get confused between that as well which is like great because you said the, the right thing about being mm-hmm. avatars like um because it's something I would have got confused about before and then one of my theology professors cleared it up for me and it was like incarnation is like the physical human form of the god so Jesus would have been an incarnation with in Christian theology whereas like um like avatars of Krishna like um physical quote unquote like quote unquote physical representations of Krishna and things like that were considered avatars so it's exactly what you're saying about like um the goddess type of energy with Bridget is is an avatar is it because I know that um I would have got confused between avatar before whenever the film came out I was like are avatars blue people like what is that but it's just kind of like a differentiation between incarnation and um like embodying that type of energy or like representing that energy. Yeah. So no, it's good to make that differentiation. And I know actually this might be a good time yeah. to sort of briefly bring up. I know we we ask people to offer um suggestions about what to cover or what you'd like us to talk about. I know we there is a couple that came up, but one of them was about spiritual jargon. So we're gonna try as we go along mm-hmm. to explain words that we think people might not, you know, that are really natural to us just because we have these conversations consistently, but might not be as accessible to others. So just as a little note, we have heard you <laughs> um, on terms of the breakdown yeah. of the <laughs> jargon. So, um, no, I really appreciate that because I would not have made the differentiation between incarnation and avatar. Um, and I think incarnation mm-hmm. would probably been, have been a better word to describe, say it, Bridget, if I was to reword that. Mm. All right, okay. Um, and I just love the fact, because I know Christianity tried to make different types of spirituality and stuff like that more exclusive like you said like you had to go into the church to get to the well and stuff like that um I'm so happy in my village because I mind I was telling you about mm-hmm. the well that we have outside Claddy and Donny Lip for Bridget it's about a 10 minute walk from the chapel so you don't have to go through the chapel it's completely isolated and um it's just exactly as you as you described like water a hanging tree by it where people hang like well, now they hang the rosary beads and stuff like that on it, but people have got like, you know, inhalers lying about. There's this, there's always just like a jug there for you to, you know, stick into the well and take out your own water. So I've got a big bottle, like a massive Tropicana bottle filled with Bridget water um, <laughs> on my bookshelf that I got um, just before lockdown happened when I was down home. Because um, it's somewhere that I would have went quite often um in like childhood or when I was still living at home because it was like a 15 minute walk from my house and you just go and just kind of like be with that type of energy so that's one of the more woo-woo things that I allow myself yeah. to talk about is um that type of connection with Bridget um because even like in primary school as well because I'm not trying to fucking make this my life story again so I'll talk no about I love it I love it soon, but my birthday <laughs> <laughs> my birthday is on in bulk so it is so I'm born on St Bridget's Day as well and my middle name's Bridget and I've got the whole red hair thing going on so I became really obsessed with I feel like you're a bit of a wee incarnation of her to be honest I feel like you're one of the many wee wee Bridgets I'm a Bridget (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty mad for lighting fires but um even in primary school whenever you were only talking about the Christian story of her um, I got to play her in like a small play where I just kind of like lay my cloak out and everyone was like the cloak's growing but um <laughs> 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 oh 
but um what you were saying as well about essentially Christianity like packaged her up and yes. resold her as something different or something what that they were trying to convince people was the same as a way to kind uh-huh. of like reel them in almost um and Anthony Murphy right he owns mythical Ireland it's like a blog and he does does loads of like tours and stuff right Ireland I think he lives in Drogheda I was watching interviews with him and reading some of his stuff and I just love the fact that he doesn't he didn't refer to Christianity as Christianity he kept calling it the new right. religion so he was saying that you know the new religion came and as a instead of like creating a version of Bridget to be more kind of like palatable for the church to like be sustained because like they were coming into like a polytheistic pantheon mm. pagan area and they were trying to sell this idea of a male centered yeah. male gendered like god so people were going to be like I, what the like, fuck do you think you're trying me. to do right excuse <laughs> me what the fuck is this shit and they're like no 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 look we've got all the same that the, you know so would they would go in and basically assess what they could get rid of and what they had to integrate bridget was one of the persistent yeah. uh, images archetypes you know incarnations that you, they could not get rid of and like i said so persistent that you know it, it we now have britain and the british isles um uh-huh. unbelievably persistent image i'm so proud of her um, there's also on a slight side note there is a song that I am trying to find here um, that I got recommended to listen to and I cannot remember, I know his name um, but basically he sings about, I think he might be an Irish singer but he sings about he goes Hecate, Demeter, Cali, Inerna he doesn't talk about Bridget but he talks about women um, and how he talks, he sings about how um, he's a really well-known singer and I have completely forgotten his name. Um, and he, he sings about the, how Christianity, he doesn't name, again, he doesn't name Christianity. He talks about how Christianity comes in and how there used to be, there was a, he talks about how there's mm-hmm. a circle and in the middle of the circle was a woman and she was revered and respected because she was a witch. And you know, he names all these mm-hmm. goddesses that were removed Um because of this, um, because of the influx of, of Christianity. Um, again, it does sound like we're kind of hating on it, but it's not. We're not hating on Christianity itself. There's a lot of good. There's a lot of good Christian people. Churches are beautiful places. I love mm-hmm. churches. Um, and they have a lot of light in them. But what I'm criticizing here and what we think we're both criticizing is the, the methodology and the history of it. Um, a really yeah. interesting thing that might be nice yeah. to hop onto actually is um, Triple Goddess because that's another little connection that we have. Mm-hmm. So um, the Triple yeah. Goddess is, um, I did have it open here, have a little basic sort of, but basically the Triple Goddess, the symbol itself is made up of a waxing crescent of connected to a full moon, connected to a waning crescent. It represents the um, the three essential aspects or stages of the female life or aspects of the feminine, which is the maiden, the mother, full moon, and the waxing moon, which is the crone, real wise, sort of like grounded energy. And um, you'll often find that there are triple goddesses, like the Morrigan would be a triple goddess, um, Maka, which um, that's where the where the location Arma, Ardmaka, that's where they get their name from, and the goddess Maka. She's a triple goddess. Bridget is a triple Yeah, okay. Bridget, Bridget adds another book recommendation, actually. By home, I'm going to lean over here and read what it is. Maka's Twins by, is it Kate? I, oh my God, I need glasses. This is scary. Katie Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Maka's Twins, that's a really good book recommendation I'm going to give you now. These, this triple goddess. I'm going to borrow that off you. Huh? Oh, no, I'm absolutely. That off you. Oh, no, absolutely. I'll drop it down to you when it's safe. <laughs> it's safe to do so. So, Pass. obviously, it's a representation <laughs> of the lunar cycle. It's also a representation of the cycles of womanhood, of femininity, and of how women can embody those aspects at different points in their life. Um, so, let me mm-hmm. just see. 
So it's like three distinct, it's three distinct aspects or figures united in one being, maiden mother crone, and also represents the um, the 28 days of the lunar cycle or the generalized menstrual cycle. Obviously, we know that we most of us are regularly irregular, um, but the lunar cycle obviously is directly mm. connected to your menstrual cycle as well. Um, but Bridget would be considered one of those triple goddesses. She can embody maiden, mother and crone. Incredibly powerful figure. And I know I keep repeating it, but I feel the need to say it um, just so it's not forgotten. Um, so I actually have that. I know you have a tattoo. I have it tattooed on the top of my back, at the base of my neck and the top of my back. And to me, like, it's not a very good tattoo but, and I need to get it redone. But when I got it, I felt... Mm-hmm. I felt like I was I was committing myself to Bridget and see even as I talk about it now I've been very sad over the last couple of weeks and it's been very hard for me to connect in with some of my old sort of feelings and emotions and stuff but see now that I've started talking about this I'm like I am one of hers I am I'm Bridget and mm-hmm. when I put that tattoo on my back I was committing myself to her I was committing myself to the divine feminine and I was like I'm in this for the long haul and that tattoo wasn't just because you don't see it very often but every so often I'll catch a glimpse of it Mm -hmm. when I'm getting changed I could see at the top of my neck and it reminds me of who I am when I think it helps me when I've lost my way I think when you feel bogged down especially now with everyone being so heavy um that's a personal Mm -hmm. anecdote on my side about that triple goddess, you know, that nature of that energy um, and how powerful that symbol is. Mm-hmm. And so much so that I have it as my, excuse me, I have it as my as my symbol for my own Facebook page, you know, um, you know, for my, my spiritual, my spiritual Facebook page. Um, yeah. So I think you have one. That was one of the things I was like, I've got a tattoo thinking I was all cool and you were like, so do I. I was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have, I've got a moon goddess one and then for my birthday there two years ago, um, I was able to get an appointment on my actual birthday, so on Inbook, and I got a snake tattoo with a Triskelion in the middle of it, the, you know, the triple spiral that relates a lot to Bridget as well because she was considered like the sun goddess and that was like a solar symbol. Um, so I chose the snake because she was one of the snakes that Patrick drove out of Ireland. That was, that was- um, it's a, Part of it, yeah, because one of the stories um, or one of the perspectives that you get on Bridget, she was born from a pagan family and was converted by Patrick to the new religion, um, (laughs) Christianity. And um, that's like one of the stories of how she became a saint. And then she's too vital of a person, as you said, to disregard. So they made her the patroness Mm -hmm. of the country as well. Um, So that's just like a perspective that I had on it too, because... The, the snakes that we are told about in Patrick's story is we're told that it's sins so we got rid of all the bad things but it really yeah. represents like paganism and female yeah. female worship and stuff like that so I have the triple moon goddess tattoo on my arm and I've got that big snake with the triple spiral symbol in the middle as well for the exact same reasons that you would have mm-hmm. have your yeah. one um I think and it's also interesting to note, note as well because I know we would have talked about this maybe in the first episode um briefly um that when we're talking about feminine it's not just cisgender no. females um there's feminine in everything yeah. and in everyone regardless of like gender whatever gender you identify with or like non-binary it's we're always talking about terms yeah. of energy here as well and just in case people um misunderstood that even though I don't I don't think that they would if they like when you're hearing things like this now um everyone's heads kind of wired that way now anyway to think yeah. about it in like wider type of like open-minded terms, but I think it's really good, good for you to mention but, um, that actually I completely yeah. forgot because as much as both of us are very mm-hmm. understanding and open of the terminology and the communication I think it's important for people who are largely very marginalized um people who do identify whether yeah. you it whether if you identify it as a female in any sense you know I just yeah I'm really glad actually you said that because it needs to be acknowledged I think until it doesn't need to be acknowledged does that make sense exactly yeah mm-hmm. yeah exactly um 
because even when we talk about divine feminine, we're not talking about the divine woman. We're talking about the divine yeah. feminine. And we it's like you said, you as much as everyone has feminine in them, everyone has their masculine. And we have that eternal swirling imbalance within us. Um, and some people mm-hmm. in their uh, incarnate more feminine or feel more feminine or feel more masculine, it will you will might appear outwardly as that's your external sort of like this is the thing um but like you're saying we're talking mm-hmm. purely about energy so yeah i'm really glad you brought that up okay mm-hmm. just that's what a lot of my reading has been on this week is on those type of like um topics so it's just, it's just really fresh in my head to always yeah clarify that now anyway even though as you said um in our conversations this is just like us recording us mm-hmm. having a conversation so we know what we're talking about when we talk to each other but for the benefit or like the confusion mm-hmm. maybe of other people who may be listening I think yeah it's just yeah just and, and probably that. another good point actually just to remind mm-hmm. everyone what we're gonna do is um we have a few questions that we want to answer at the end of this recording and um, some some people have kind of brought us we invited people and people were very gracious and brought us their questions um, and we want to address them um, but what we're going to do because we haven't got enough time just in this one particular episode because we felt it was really important to cover Bridget and our origins and her origins um, we're going to do up some little infographics um, and we're going to release some content extra content on that later in the week and in between episodes so we're going to try and do that maybe a little bit more we'll do our best we want we really want to be releasing content that um is useful and you feel connected to and is helpful as well so um i'll kind of work on that this week um but one of the questions was Mm -hmm. from connor who asked um asked us to kind of like break down or debunk sort of some jargon um you know, which is obviously why we're, I think we're trying quite, um, we're trying hard in this episode to, to explain as we go, um, you know, the th- mm-hmm. things like divine feminine, things like, you know, avatar, um, incarnation, things that come really naturally to us that we, as in that we understand because we've, we've been in this, <laughs> we've been figuring this out for a while now. Um, so <laughs> We have all the nonsense we tattooed in us, like, so I feel like we're very dedicated. Literally, we've got tattooed now, <laughs> so we, we can't get out of it now. We have to, like, deal with it. But, um, yeah, so um, what we'll do is we'll, I'll release some infographics on that. We'll break down some jargon that we probably found confusing in the beginning. But if there's, again, if there's anything else that we've said in this podcast that you're like, what? What the fuck does that even mean? We want you to respond to us. We want to hear mm-hmm. some feedback. We want you to be like, what does this mean? Please tell us. We want to interact with you guys as much as possible. Um, because we are trying to build a community as well as an open, honest, relaxed conversation about all of this weird, wonderful stuff. Um Yeah. Um, have you anything to add on that, Brona? Or anything in particular you want to bring up in terms of word or terminology or not that I can think of right now. I know I feel like we're doing our best, as you said, mm. to clarify along the way. Um, but yeah, no, I'm happy to like release wee bits and bobs on the internet. Um, especially if it means that I can write because it becomes oh, which is these days. Glad you we slot right. <laughs> I'm really glad you brought that up because we, we have right. some really interesting plans. Um to really broaden the podcast out. We'll not go into too much detail because we're still in the process of manifesting that. So but we want to provide a much broader sense of um a broader range of content and um content because not everyone wants to i like we love podcasts and but not everyone maybe has the time to listen or maybe hear bits and pieces we want people to be able to interact with as much content as possible and learn as much as possible feel as connected as possible so we are kind of coming up with ideas and working on bringing you maybe more written content more infographics more um more interactive stuff so that we can hear your voice um amongst ours as well mm-hmm. but there was one final question as well um from brandon who was actually a really good question and i think it's even i think we even forget about the basics of this because um he asked how do you contact your guides so how do you speak to your guides and how do your guides speak back to you so what does that look like um and this is something that 
I've been trying to live a conscious life or um, a conscious life in, in terms of myself for, for several years now. And I still struggle with this. Um, there's sometimes, like today, I'll have a full full on breakdown and I'll be like, no one's listening to me. I'm alone. And oh my God. And it gets really hard. And, and when you're in a, a tough state, it's harder to hear your guides. And your guides could be, your guides could be um, just kind of like energies. It could be maybe your ancestors. Maybe there's a particular deity or energy like Bridget, the Morrigan, Krishna. There could be a deity or an energy that you really connect with. And that could be your guide, you know, or you could just view your guide as your higher self. It, it really doesn't matter. It's more about it's like a it's what the universe decides to how the universe decides to communicate to you. So the universe will communicate to you through your path of least resistance. So how your guide appears to you, actually, it makes no odds. Um, it doesn't matter if they're called, like my guide, I had a guide, and I think they're probably still about, but I think the wax and wane, but my first few years of trying to really practice consciousness, <laughs> my, my, I had two guides, one was Paul and one was Catherine with a K, and Paul was a druid, because um, he showed me his sandals when I was in a meditation, Paul was a druid, and I woke up from the meditation being like, that's a shit name. <laughs> I was like, not like Megatron or something like why what all Megatron so and then Catherine I love Catherine right so I haven't engaged with these guides for a good long time right but Catherine was like she was very like hypersexual like really connected to her sensuality or sexuality 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 she um when I Whenever I meditated and I tried to connect with her, she was always like scantily dressed and dressed in red. And I was like, calm down. So (laughs) so that's (laughs) actually, that's how my guides kind of manifested because that's the type of energy that I was needing at the time. And then I developed a really strong connection with Bridget. Um, And then I've been trying to forge more of a connection with my higher self. So I've been trying to, I've been tr- trying to listen to myself and not um and not a look at a middleman though a guide isn't a middleman it's essentially just the universe and yourself but for me I've been trying to this is a personal project for me that I've been trying to listen to my gut more so I've been trying to connect with my inner self a lot more rather than trying to do it through a guide or through some other sort of imagery but that's a personal project of mine it doesn't mean it's right or wrong so um I know that doesn't fully answer the question. That's basically like my experience with guides and stuff. Um, there is a lot more to it. There's meditations you can do. Um, you can write. Writing is one of the best ways that you can connect with your higher self or a guide. I recommend writing three A4 pages every single morning. As soon as you wake up, you write a three A4 pages. Initially, a lot of it will just be like mental ramble. And then see over a number of days that because you'll commit to it, even if it's four page of four pages, three pages of what the fuck, what the fuck. Eventually, a a voice starts to emerge, and you'll notice yourself flitting from first person mm-hmm. to almost a voice talking back at you. So writing is one of the best ways to connect with your with higher energies with mm-hmm. your because you'll be able to identify after a while if it's your if it's your higher self talking to you. Or if there's some other voice coming through, some other energy, and um, like Bridget or your guides or whatever, so that's one of the best ways. Meditations is great, mm-hmm. um, that kind of stuff, um, scrying, anything that anything where you go, you approach it with the intention of, right, I want to have a wee chat here, right, let's get serious, you know, um, <laughs> makes it sound really scary, mm-hmm. but um. Yeah, but what I'll do as well, and like I said about um, the jargon, we are going to do up some infographics. Hopefully that will kind of lay out some of what we've talked about. So it's like, you know, like basic little Pinterest, like how do you read poems? How do you read tarot? How do you make your own sage? That kind of thing. So we're, we mm-hmm. are going to do one up about, you know, connecting with your guides and what does it look like when they, they connect back with you? Um so we're going to try and do something up like that. But if you want us to go into more detail about either of those topics, we can, I guarantee you, we'll be able to, we'll be able to hash out at least a full episode on one of them. <laughs> so I know I've been done talking quite a bit there, um, but I want to make sure there's nothing you want to add to that, Brona. 
Um, no, not at all. I've got no experience or anything like that, and it's not in my practice. Um, with regard to guides and stuff, um, like I would, I don't know. I would hold Bridget in high regard, and you know, respect her story and her image and all and things like that. And I even have I have a Celtic tarot deck, and I have the card of her stuck to my mirror and stuff. Just kind of um to remind me of just like you know the inner fire and just like the goddess energy and things like that but with regard to um connection to spirit guides and stuff it's that's mm -hmm. completely out of my depth so um I love hearing <laughs> you talk about it yeah <laughs> it's class, that's it's another fun. thing as well like um, I'm really glad yeah. that you have such a different experience because you know we want you guys to understand that there is no right or wrong way to approach your own spirituality yeah. and your own connection everyone has different experiences mm -hmm. everyone has, has different ways of approaching it um and I'm really grateful that you have a very different experience of that um and that you approach things in a in a much um in a much different fashion not completely different but you have a different way of doing it and you're you you mm -hmm. um you don't shy away from that or you don't apologize for it does that make sense yeah yeah no I think we're both both very similar in that aspect um I know we said this before and so many people have said just whenever they're talking about the podcast this is like god your your chemistry is amazing used to you and it's like we're so similar but we're so different in so many different yeah. ways as well I think people great. don't realize the amount of times you were sitting in it's cinnamon fun. and like having chats and being like we should have just mm -hmm. recorded that <laughs> yeah I know yeah it's so good um the cinnamon, cinnamon sponsors he sponsors podcast <laughs> thanks very much i i've bought a lot of your your cinnamon i actually worked there for a couple of weeks yeah. as well and had a great time um yeah it was actually really enjoyed it um yeah so um is there anything else you want to close off with anything you want to mention you still didn't get your rant about how trash patrick is I alluded to it a wee bit and I'll leave it well, there we for now until St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> what are we doing it for crap why Patrick is trash? <laughs> it's like 2020 yeah. the St. Patrick was cancelled. we got cancel culture going on. <laughs> oh, Finally getting his dues. Before we finish off, I feel like so I was listening to like a record podcast all week and I just got a nice um, okay. idea, maybe, to finish off this. Because um, I know, like, maybe at some point yes. we'll do, like, a book episode. But I'm just really interested. Like, I what are you re reading at the minute? And what right. has that taught you this week? Repeat the question again. What are you reading at the minute? And then what has that, like, taught oh, you or, like, made you think about? Um, Can we do a like, full episode on this? Thing? I love that question. Uh, okay, so I'm yeah. in between. I'm reading <laughs> loads of stuff at the minute, right? So... One of them, I'm listening to a podcast. Um, it's about the, is it the importance of connection? And that one is about how we approach, how we communicate our feelings when we are triggered, angry, distressed, sad, upset. So how do we form good? How do we communicate well with others? And what are those expectations back? I'm listening to that at the minute. And it is amazing. Um. And I genuinely think it will be life-changing on a very subtle level. Um, I know it obviously isn't spiritual related, but I felt the need to bring it up because um, I listened to a podcast by Brene Brown and yeah. she brought this book up. Um, and it's, oh, I can't even remember the name of it now. Um, I think it's The Importance of Connection. Um, and I, it's made me think about how I have approached certain relationships um, how I maybe could have communicated better in those based on the kind of advice that she's mm -hmm. given um, which I have loved so that the secular sense of things that's what I've been listening to um, but I have mm -hmm. also been um, Rebecca Campbell's Rebecca Campbell's podcast with Rebecca Campbell's Rise Sister Rise so <laughs> I have never I have never love been able it. to finish love the book so it. I can't actually go through it in a linear way what I do is I use it like as an intuitive mm. little thing where I flick my thumb through because mm -hmm. she does really small chapters and excuse me I've got a bit of energy moving there um 
whenever my thumb stops and I read the mm-hmm. chapter that my thumb stops at and I trust that that's what I need to to read at the time oh, and nice. it has actually really worked <laughs> um I've also started rereading A Return to Love by Marianne Wood oh that was very loud a Return to Love by Marianne Williamson which yeah. um I'm finding really a wee bit triggering because it's a little bit too relatable because she basically mm-hmm. talks about how she like she went from job to job and relationship to relationship and um, basically her life was imploding. She couldn't really understand why. And then in so many words, she found God. And, um, you know, she this it's based on the course of the course of miracles, a course in miracles, which apparently is really heavy mm-hmm. going, but can be life changing. And she talks about how yeah. the moment you're able to let your guard down and be like, I need help. She was like, it's not too much to ask for a miracle. I think what, sh- and she says, what I think shocks people is that the miracle will not appear in terms of a renovation of your external life, but a complete burning down of your inner life and a rebuilding of it from there. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's the way she describes miracles and how that has that with it's not too much to ask. You ask for a miracle and you will get a miracle, but it won't arrive in the way that you think it will. Which which is something yeah. that I've kind of been I'm like, please. <laughs> please. Uh, I would really yeah. like I'd like a miracle about now. Um but yeah, question, <laughs> I'm gonna shoot that question back at you then. So what have you been reading and what has it taught you or what have you learned from it this week? So I think I'd said earlier, I have started annotating the Satanic Bible by Anton LaVey. Um, for any recovering Catholics out there, and you kind of shuddered at hearing that sentence being uttered. Um, I was there with you at one point, but I'm not anymore. Um, so I really, what that's teaching me mainly is, um, first of all, to reframe what I thought Satanism was in the past. There's also an incredible documentary on Netflix called Hail Satan. It's not relating to the original Church of Satan that Anton LaVey founded. It's mm-hmm. called the Temple of Satan. So it's like essentially kind of a different strand. But um, Satanism was always essentially inherently political anyways. Um, they don't regard Satan as a deity. Maybe some um, you know, different strands and stuff of it do. But um, as is everything in most spiritual traditions, it's all symbolism. So um, what Satan actually represents is truth, bodily autonomy, like, you know, knowledge of self, the ability to do what you want as long as you don't hurt others and things like that. So I've been going through that and really reframing um, what I actually think, not what I think myself, but a lot of my thoughts and um, maybe ways of navigating the world and stuff like that wouldn't be particularly what certain people would describe as like love and light um you know I wouldn't ever I don't like everyone and I'm I got really sick and tired Mm -hmm. of pretending like I had to like everyone and love everyone um because that's that's the whole light part of the whole like spiritual tradition and stuff like that and um to be honest I got tired of like pretending that Mm -hmm. I felt that way um but that's a really big thing in Satanism or sorry Church of Satan as well where it's like if you are trying to give all of your love to every single person you meet, to strangers, to people that do you wrong, you're not going to have enough left for yourself and people in your actual immediate life who love you. Like if you're just spreading yourself thin and having this kind of like empty sort of love for everyone, like what is that real feeling of love and stuff? So that's been resonating a lot with me at the minute. So I'm working my way through that. And I bought um a book on Sunday and I finished it last night it's called Women Don't Owe You Pretty by Florence Mm -hmm. Gibbon she is I think she just turned 22 so she wrote that book this year when she was 21 (laughs) and got it published honestly it is it's actually she's amazing it's actually one of the best books I've ever read it's been ages since I've read a book in a week and it's a real feminist book um but I find it very confronting and I've been thinking then loads about different things this week um, with regard to internalised misogyny um, within myself, mm-hmm. within people around me 
um, she goes deep into sexuality and things like that. And I know myself and you, and we've said already mm-hmm. in this podcast that we're bisexual. And God forbid if my parents or siblings are listening yeah. to this right now because they don't know that. But it's um, talking a lot about biphobia and things like that, homophobia. Um, and even though, like, um, yeah, patriarchy in like a wider sense. So though, um, I keep rambling here. The main point of the book and what I'm taking away from it is even though you may feel wronged in some way, like for women, we can't go out at night without being terrified. We can't, like, you know, we always have the classic key in our hands yeah. ready to stab whoever comes near us. And that's a result of patriarchy and things like that. But there's so many other privileges that we benefit from. Um, we've got white privilege. If we um, present as the gender that we identify with, um cisgender privilege so we are female presenting mm-hmm. nobody's gonna you know attack us in public um i know we were bisexual but i have a boyfriend which does mm-hmm. not mean that i'm straight but on the street people will yeah. think oh she's straight she's got straight privilege um you know classes privilege and all this here so it's really and beauty privilege and pretty privilege um even regardless if you think of yourself as beautiful or pretty or not yeah it's, it's a privilege that we would benefit from so it's just it's honestly racking my head and brain so much and it's so incredible and <laughs> I said to my boyfriend that he has to read it <laughs> so he's gonna read it now as well and so that's how I'm gonna kind of like spread spread that onwards toward him but um and then lastly I started a new book this morning and because I've just started it I'm not going to go into too much detail about it but it's called A Spell in the Wild by Alice Tarbuck um and the subheading is a year and six centuries of magic right. so I think she's a practicing witch and she's just talking about her journey and um it was written this year as well so it's you, she talks about the pandemic in it and stuff which is very interesting and how like just like the history of witchcraft where it comes from and how she lives in a city as well so it's how she um infiltrates that you know into her own practice and things like that and what that means for her um so those are what I'm working my way through at the minute. Oh, well. that sounds amazing. They're really, cha- I love that whenever you go through a period of really yeah. challenging books, you know, books that really make you you're in a space to receive challenges yeah. and they start to make you question everything. Like, I love yeah. shit like that. I love that. But at the moment, I'm just like, uh, you can tell where I'm at with my reading, where I'm like, I need comfort. I need comfort. I need comfort. Um, but I love those moments where you're like, yeah. fucking challenge yeah. me. I want to know all the stuff. Um, yeah, that sounds amazing. And um, But definitely, mm-hmm. I agree. We're going to do an episode. So I'm saying it now. We are going to do an episode covering our ratings. Even if we do one every quarter or every couple of months, we will get we will get an yeah. episode in talking about books that we're reading, the things that we think are important that we pull from them. Um, I've also come up with like a little idea that mm-hmm. might I'll say I'll put it out into the ether and if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen um but you know almost like attend in the flame book club like every we give people a book to read and we can all sort of like sit and discuss it we get feedback we discuss the feedback like we would absolutely love to do that we also have plans to um to interview some really interesting people um so that will be happening probably in the new year I think Mm -hmm. um but yeah, so like we were saying earlier, we've got loads and loads of plans coming up. I'm very excited. Um, Hosier, if you're out there and you're listening to this podcast right now, <laughs> open my DMs, please. I've been messaging you for years. I have I a just friend. Want to talk. I have a friend. Please don't edit this um... out because I want her to hear it. I have a friend who messages, um, oh my God, what do you call a girl from Paramore? Hayley Williams, she, she, she tweets her or like oh, yeah. DMs her on Twitter every so often being like, hi Hayley, I haven't heard you from you in a while, like I hope you're alright you're like, oh I can't even remember she's going to crack me now, but it's like, oh I love you her style or something, or it's like oh my, or like, but she'll message her on like the new year or something, being like, hope you have a great new year. like <laughs> but just like That's messaging her randomly, like, um, yeah so funny that's so funny you talked about that. I was literally on her Instagram today and I don't even follow her and I haven't listened to Paramore properly in about two years. We, so I mean, we definitely have the energetic cord going on at the minute, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, we so we will do. end that there. Okay. I know it's been a bit of a long one this one, but um, 
yeah, I yeah. think our podcasts are probably going to be as long as they need to be. Um, thanks, thanks so much for everyone for listening. Yeah. We are on our fourth podcast, and um, which is a really solid number. Um, unbelievably cool. happy about that. Thank you so much for all of the feedback, the support. If you'd like, share, rate us on any of the platforms that you use—Facebook, Instagram, whatever—and um, we would really appreciate it. it. Really helps. We're trying to do something really great here. Um, so any support at all is so appreciated and thank you so mm-hmm. much for everything we've received so far yes thank you so much and have a great weekend week day morning whenever you're listening to this i don't know why i can never <laughs> I fucking end it. this in a linear full stop way <laughs>